0: We see the birth announced. The best commentary on this birth announcement are two verses I find very, very pertinent to us today. One we find in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich... Yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. The second verse is 1 Timothy 3.16. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, and believed on in the world, received up in glory. What a summary of the start with the birth announcement and the finished glorifying as Jesus was raised into heaven. That one verse alone, 1 Timothy 3.16, says it all. So the next time you meet a non-believer and say, what is this Christianity all about? Just remember two verses. John 3.16 and First Timothy 3:16, and just spend time telling them and walking them through what Jesus has done for them. How amazed the angels must have been when they saw the Creator born as a creature, the world, the word becoming a speechless baby. Amazing thoughts, isn't it? to think as an angel not even knowing what the plan is then all of a sudden going god is going to take on flesh as a speechless baby not as adam as in a grown man but as a speechless baby the creator of the heavens and the earth amazing to think about how humble of the start But that's 1 Timothy 3.16. It starts off by what? The mystery mystery of godliness. It starts off with God was manifested in the flesh. And that's the birth announcement. We see now in verse 8 here of Luke chapter 2. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields. Keeping watch over their flock by night. See, in Jerusalem, Jerusalem shepherds would be all around taking care of flocks, of all these sheeps, all the animals. They weren't allowed too much inside Jerusalem. They had to take care of them in the fields where they could graze and take care of them through the night by shepherds. But these Jerusalem shepherds were known to care for the temple flock. But shepherds had a bad reputation. They were outcasts in Israel, they were considered unreliable and were seen as people in society, not the one you would call upon for a friend. You couldn't trust them. But an angel gives this birth announcement to this anonymous shepherd sitting in the field, living out in the fields. And we see that why shepherds were chosen by God to send an angel to go speak to him to reveal this birth announcement. Why the shepherds? Why not the priests, the religious leaders? Why not the scribes who wrote all this down, the lawyers? By visiting the shepherds, the angel revealed the grace of God toward mankind. We see very clearly in the scripture, God does not call the rich and the mighty, he calls the poor and the lonely. We see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 29. We see that in Luke 1, verses 51 through 53. He does not think the way people think today. The Messiah came to be both the good shepherd in John 10, but he also came to be the Lamb of God, sacrificed for the sins of the world that we see clearly in John 1, verse 29. Perhaps these shepherds were keeping watch over the temple flocks, because the temple must offer a sheep every, or a lamb every morning and every evening, it had to be without spot and blemish. That means they had to take very good care of these lambs. These shepherds may have protected and cared for these lambs used in the temple sacrifice destined for the time of Passover. What an imagery, what a thought. This would be significant because the first ones to see the Lamb of God who is the one who will take away the sins of the world. And they made that connection of taking care of lambs that would be for the covering of the sin of Israel, the nation of Israel. But now the Lamb of God, the perfect Lamb of God, would be brought into their presence. Amazing. In verse 9 we see, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to, who? All people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace Goodwill toward men. An angel appeared. God sent an angel. It interrupted this quiet, dark night out in the middle, and all you're hearing is everywhere. And all of a sudden, now this angel shows up and disturbs the shepherds who just normally going through their routine. They're looking for bears and lions and all kinds of other wolves to come for that. They were not anticipating an angel. This time is the first time in 400 years that God is revealing himself to people in Israel. There was a huge gap. People forget there was a time when God did not speak or reveal himself to his people. Until the Messiah was to come. But in this dark, quiet night was this shining presence of an angel, and connection there, connecting word, and the glory of the Lord. This first angel brought good tidings. It literally means they. This angel came and preached the gospel to these shepherds, who were regarded as a social outcasts. Why? Why them? But the angel did appear. The angel of the Lord appeared to these shepherds. And the angel, who was this angel? I lean toward it was Gabriel. Why? Because we see in chapter 1 verse 19 and chapter 1 verse 26, we see God use Gabriel in the lives of the announcement or the, the bringing about um, uh, Jesus in the announcement to Mary and Joseph. So I lean toward that. I mean there's no specific proof who which angel this was, but I strongly kind of lean that direction. We already know that he had already had this quite a bit of interaction making the announcements of the birth. Now the fact that the birth is happening we see once again God uses the first preacher of the gospel was this angel. But not only did the angel bring good tidings of great joy to all people, not some people, not just certain select people, no, no, to all people, but the angel and the glory of the Lord brought terrifying fear to the shepherds that night. It was a wake-up call for them to tell them that something was about to change. The awe and the glory and the shining of the the glory of the Lord must have been so overwhelming. The word there is so clear that they were terrified in the the Hebrew. Absolutely terrified. And these were strong men. Shepherds were not weaklings, they were not snowflakes. These were just, yeah, common, you know, not just black and white kind of guys just to tell me the way it is but they were terrified they're beating off bears and wolves and anything else that was coming after but this moment terrified them for there is born to you this day in the city of david a savior They announced the birth of a savior, someone who has come to save them, which was and is exactly the need for mankind, is it not? Mankind needs a savior. People are looking for a savior. We don't need another advisor, we don't need another consultant. We don't need another reformer or a committee. And we certainly, especially, do not need another politician. We need a Savior. We need Jesus. Mankind needs Jesus. But suddenly there was with this angel this multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. So not only did God sing, send one angel, but the entire multitude. How many is multitude? It's a large number. A massive group of angels appeared in the heavenly hosts, a band of soldiers proclaiming peace. The peace has come. The world needed then, and certainly the world needs his peace now. So it was in verse 15 when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another. <laughs> can you imagine that conversation? Can we just ignore what we just happened? Have we been drinking too much here, out here in the middle of the dark, taking care of the sheep? Are we just smelling? What's what, you know? What do we, what do we see this? I assure I assure you they weren't saying it was a UFO. <laughs> no, no. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another. Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. I love the words, let us go. Let us go now. It means there was no hesitation here. We see there's no hesitation whatsoever. They went haste and they found this shows that genuine urgency. They recognized that this was of God. This was nothing other than God revealing himself in such a mighty way through angels. But the angel's gone. They came and they went. They don't stay. They came and they went. But the angel told them to look for a sign. To look for something very specifically in, the, in Bethlehem. They knew where they were to go. Because it says, let us now go to Bethlehem. So clearly they were told wherever they were outside of Jerusalem or somewhere between that six miles between Bethlehem and Jerusalem, somewhere they were taking care of these sheep. And they were to go to Bethlehem. And they said, we're going. And so the angel told him, look for a babe wrapped in a swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. This wasn't something unusual. (laughs) It was the unusual part is the fact that they'd be sitting in a feeding trough of an animal in some carved out barn or whatever they want to call it. Not in a house. Not in an inn. But in a feeding trough. Strange to see a baby lying in a manger. But the shepherds understood that the angels were speaking for the Lord because he said the Lord has made known to us. Not the angels made, the angels came and spoke to me. No, the Lord spoke to them through a messenger that happened to be the angel. How many times I hear Someone who has passed has, they believe they they. My my loved one has spoken to me. No, no, the Lord has spoken to you. The Lord is speaking to you. The Lord is speaking to you. Believe that God can speak to you. But they see that they came, they came with haste. Urgency, quickness. They didn't s- saunter. They hustled to get there to see what they, it was described to them that took place. The word found here in, for a verb word means found after a search. That's what that verb means there. So that means they were not sitting there going exactly to, they, didn't, they just knew they were going to go there and they're going to continue to search and search and search to find this baby. This couple who just had a baby who was wrapped in swollen clothes, but in a manger, somewhere in this place. We're going to find this baby. And after finding the baby, the shepherds were the first messengers to proclaim the arrival of the Messiah. Because they found Mary and Joseph. And the babe lying in a manger. So now, verse 17, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. These shepherds are a great example for you and I. There are good examples for us to imitate today. They received by faith the message from God, sent to them, and they responded with immediate obedience, and they with haste found the baby. They made widely known the saying, they didn't just go see it and get the experience and say, that was incredible. This is exactly what they told us. And we, hey guys, high five and let's hey, fist bump. We found the treasure. We found, we, I know we could find this person, these people. They didn't ex- experience something that God revealed to them and showed them and then keep it to themselves. They recognized what God had done and said and done, and it was true, and it came to truth, came to reality. They must share it with others. They just met God in the flesh. They just met. I bet you they didn't even fully understand who they were staring into the face of God. But even though they didn't fully understand, it didn't stop them from going and telling the good news with great joy with what people said that the Savior has been born. They didn't hold it to themselves. They couldn't contain it. They had to go share it. And they made widely known the saying. Which was told to him concerning this child. The combination of angelic announcement and the sign of a baby in a feeding trough inspired the shepherds to tell as many people as they could possibly meet, to tell them what they heard, and to tell them what they experienced. All those who heard it marveled as. At those things which were told to them by the shepherds. Anyone who heard the story from them, can you imagine the excitement from them, the joy that came from them as they poured out these things that they experienced from the very beginning when they saw the angel and they saw the the glory of the Lord shining in this dark place in the middle of a desert? And to be told to go to a place and to find this baby with this mom and dad sitting and laying in a manger all wrapped up. Go find, and they found him. And they heard who this is. The good news amazed all who heard it. Even if they didn't really understand it, they were amazed by it. And they also recognized that something significant had happened. Jesus came to bring good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. The Savior isn't coming just for the religious leaders. The Savior didn't come for just the rich and the famous. The Savior didn't come for those who have a name and a historical name and who built this and have a name on a. No. Dear shepherds, the Savior has come for you. Where you're looked down upon and cast out. And poor and lonely and empty and treated like you're of no value. A Savior has come for you. How can that not change a man who is down and completely oppressed and depressed and and poor and out and destitute, not have such a joy and of good tidings when he hears directly from God that he, he sent a Savior for you? He revealed this grand mystery to the shepherds and the wise men that we will see. But the one one is poor, the other one is rich. The one is unlearned, the other one is learned. The one is Jews, the other one is not Jews, they're Gentiles. The one is near and the other one is far off. But it's just in the use of the shepherds and the use of the wise men gives you the contrast that God has sent a Savior for all people. Regardless of how you feel. For all people. I don't know about you. Regardless of your story and where you find yourself today, God has sent a Savior for you. It's interesting, we see two contrasts here with this word. Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary's reaction was different than either the shepherds or those who were hearing them. She quickly took it all and meditated on it in her heart, seeking to understand the deep meaning of it all. Why? Mary had good reason to be overwhelmed by what was taking place. (laughs) She was carrying the Savior of the world in her womb for nine months. Can you imagine? As Mary. What brought her to Bethlehem in the first place? Was it the Roman Emperor's great decree? Was it the fact that she was being so persecuted and gossiping tongues in Nazareth that she had to get out of town and that's why she went to Bethlehem? No. It is not why. It was because God worked through all kinds of people and all kinds of events to accomplish his plan. Because it was a prophecy said that the baby would be born in Bethlehem, the city of David. David. And God can do whatever he wants to do to orchestrate events to make that happen. So as Mary is like, wow, God... I, I tried to put this all together and you literally, your hand of God was working in all of this. And we're sitting here thinking this is terrible. We're in a, you know, some kind of a barn, some kind of out where animals are and a child And the baby's born here in a manger. And, and you're sending shepherds of all people to recognize the, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Savior of the world. And you said shepherds? This is amazing. Whatever was going on in her mind, she was pondering on it, was she not? But the shepherds, they returned back to their place of work. We see that they were glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. The shepherds were just absolutely filled with joy and praise and they were just telling everybody that the word of God was just fulfilled God used some humble shepherds to be the first human witnesses that prophecy has been fulfilled that the Messiah has been born they declared they preached the good news to others. They return and glorifying and praising God. They humbly return to their duties as a shepherd, a new man, new men, changed men. But going back to the same old job. But they were going back to the same old job day in, day out as changed men. With hope promise with a joy in their heart they didn't have before praising God worshiping God their zeal in glorifying and praising God seeing the cradle of Christ had such an effect on them to see their eyes from the stable and the manger to heaven it just all they could see is oh, wow this is God doing the work and what an amazing focus for them on how glorifying God is to them but how much more powerful should the death and resurrection of Christ to be in raising us to God See, telling others about the Savior in a sincere, sworn obligation as, and such as a great privilege for you and I. We who are believers must be faithful to this, going out and telling the good tidings with great joy. See, these men were changed by God revealing by his word to go do something and to be obedient to that by faith. To see what God has brought about in the prophecy and the fact that the Messiah, the Savior of the world, has been born. And it brought them to be glorifying God and glorifying They didn't glorify Mary. They didn't glorify and praise Joseph. They didn't even glorify and praise all, only the ones they praised and glorified was God in heaven. But how much more of the fact that we now see the end of the story, the purpose, the mission of why the Savior of the world came to be born, to be manifested, incarnation, was to die on the cross and pay the debt that you could not pay. Do you understand that? That Jesus came for one purpose, and that was to go to the cross and pay your debt that you and I could not pay. How much more should that drive us upward in our eyes and worship and glorifying God? Why is it that so many people celebrate more about Christ's birth than he is of the fact that he's a resurrected, <laughs> resurrected and is living and interceding and loves you and he's coming back for you? That the Savior is coming back for you. Should that not be more glorifying and more praiseworthy? and draw you closer to God than anything before. Why is it at the baby born versus man resurrected? But we celebrate both, do we not? We recognize God's story. We recognize the full story. We recognize the plan and the purpose and we have the blessing of the word of God to see this all laid out in front of us. Prophecy after prophecy coming and being fulfilled. Do you not understand that the rest of the prophecies will be fulfilled? And one of those prophecies is what? If you're a believer today, you have the promise of Him coming back for you and taking you to heaven. It should bring you great joy and great promise. But does it drive you to tell the good tidings and great joy to others? That's the question. See, in verse 21, we see, and when the eight days were completed, for the circumcision of the child. His name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. See, this usually, they name the baby at this time of circumcision. It always takes place at eight days after the birth. It was such an important ritual that we see in Leviticus 12, 12, verse 3. That even if it came to the Sabbath, if it fell on a Sabbath day, this was one time where they could still do the work of doing the circumcision because of the importance of this. And it was the one rare thing that was allowed to happen on the Sabbath because of the importance and the naming of the baby at the time. And it came time to name the baby. Normally they name the baby after the name of a father in some of the lineage. But not this occasion. Because God had already revealed it to Mary and to Joseph that the baby's name was to be Jesus. Mary and Joseph carried out the birth of the Savior announcement of the angel by naming their son according to the word of God that was given to them. It was revealed to Mary in chapter 1, verse 31, before her conception. But it was revealed to Joseph that the babies after the conception, we see that in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 21. But the name of Jesus is so very fitting for us. To understand it is so fitting for him, specifically in the Greek, of the Hebrew name of Joshua, which means Yahweh is salvation. We see that in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Joseph, or J- Joshua means Yahweh is, is salvation, where we get our word, Jesus. My brothers and sisters, may we celebrate our Savior's birth this season. Let us remember, let us see what, and remember and how, and just celebrate what God has done and what God continues to do. And may we be spreading the good tidings and great joy to all people around us. That is what God has called us to do as we continue to live on this earth as a believer. We are to share the good news of who Jesus Christ is and encourage our brothers and sisters in the faith. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word this morning. What a blessing it is, Lord, that we can open up your word ponder as as Mary pondered on what was happening may we meditate and ponder on the things that we've read this morning all the scripture may we go back through God through Luke here Matthew all the just go through and just meditate on these truths May we not add or delete from what the scripture says in regards to these truths. But we also, Lord, we don't worship you as a baby because you're not a baby. That's the humble start that you began. May we celebrate. You're our risen Lord. You're alive, and you see us, and you know us, and you minister to us. You represent us in front of the Father. You you remind all in the heavens that you died for us. That we are white as snow. (laughs) Our sins are gone. Past, present, forever, gone. White as snow. Never, ever. Why? Because we thank you, Jesus, for paying our debt. We do not have any debt on on our account. You paid it all. You freely came to pay it all. And anyone who would believe this finished work you've done for us and accept your payment for our sinful debt shall be forgiven, debt wiped out, and be made righteous because you're righteous. May we find that the most wonderful, great news. Knowing it applies to us as a believer who's been regenerated. I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here today that has not given their life to you, but can hear your voice speaking to them loud and clear that you love them and that you paid their debt if you would just give your life over to him. As Lord and Savior, He paid for your life. He paid for you to have a relationship with you for eternity. I pray, Lord. If there's anyone here who's not saved that they were right now, just cry out in there to you right now and say, "Lord, forgive me. I recognize I'm a sinner. I have such huge debt." but now I turn my life over to you because you purchased my life and I I surrender my life to you. Thank you for dying for me on that cross to give me eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen.